Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast produced by me, Fraser McGrew for Aleph. In this series of podcasts, we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision making. I'm here with Nick Hare, Jordan Fermanis and Peter Coghill of Aleph. And this week we're discussing Daniel Calif. Peter. Yeah, okay. So Daniel Khalif, uh, a hot topic this week or the last couple of weeks. Um, Certainly when we're recording. Yes, not, well, yeah. when we're recording. Yeah. Not, not, it's going to be old boring news when you get it. Um, <laughs> so uh, he's an interesting seeming character. Um, formerly British Army, I think. British mm. Army. Mm. Um, but yeah, he was being, he was remanded in custody uh, for uh, follow, um, pending trial at Wandsworth um, HMP Wandsworth in London, isn't it? South. Yeah. South yeah. 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 Um, so uh, on uh, tri- on trial for terrorism charges, including um, I think there was something to do with having a bomb or a fake bomb or something, uh, have and uh, and also breaking the Official Secrets Act. Um, so quite serious stuff, really. Um, and obviously wasn't going to be on bail. Uh, pre-trial so when he was in the army he wanted while still serving he wanted to assassinate kill someone right or to do a terrorism attack i don't i can't speak to that the trial hasn't happened so we don't know the precise nature oh okay so i think he i think he's an interesting character psychologically but that's not what we're here to discuss um he's got odd ideas probably a bit of a fantasist is my take but uh yeah, um, I hadn't realised what he had. Wasn't there something to do with Iran as well? He was yeah, passing secrets. I think he r- probably fancied himself as an international super okay. spy, but actually, yeah. was just so a that bit of stuff a I hadn't realised that it's relatively recent. Mm. Okay, yeah, um, um, yeah, keep going, Peter. Sorry. Anyway, well, what we're here to talk about is his daring escape mm. from the, from prison mm. and then uh, uh, being on the run for three days and then finally being picked up by the police. Okay, a quick rundown of of the events then. So. Um, uh, HMP Wandsworth uh, uh, in to North Holt was basically his journey over three days. So he escaped at uh, 7.30 in the morning um, uh, and the prison contingency plans were activated at 7.50. Uh, so he had 20 minutes head start. So that basically means when the, he was detected being missing 20 minutes after he'd gone. So in London, that means he could get at least a couple hundred yards down the road. If he was <laughs> yes, yeah. Maybe 300 yards if he took yeah. a bicycle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, so interestingly, he had a little bit of a head start. But interestingly, the, the, pretty, the prison, I'd say, pretty good. It, it, it detected he was gone pretty reasonably quickly. Mm. And then that activates plans, and presumably well-rehearsed and automatic. So police get involved and everything else, and perimeters get set up. Um, Anyway, so the so he was um, it was fairly quickly worked out that he was probably had absconded in uh, or attached to a food delivery truck, mm. uh, which was stopped by police at eight eight thirty seven, as far away as East Putney. Can you imagine? Good wow. God. So that, that, so they, they they got they but he wasn't there. But they did discover they discovered. Um, Strapping and things, which at the time they speculated he'd used to help support himself underneath the truck. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so that was uh, so that was the, that was the first day, and then uh, the various things. I don't know, I don't think it's yet known where he went during that time, but he was later picked up three days later in uh, North Holt in North East London, um, riding a bicycle along a canal path. Uh, there you go, cycling's bad for you. It turns <laughs> out. Um, 
uh, and that was uh, and that was uh, so he that was Wednesday the sixth of September until the 9th of September when he was picked up. Was it a member of the public, or do we know how he was identified? I, I, think, I think he was cited, cited the day yeah. before, and then presumably then tracked. That's pretty good going. So mm. Someone yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, I, th I, I think it's rather. I, I, and I think it's something quite uh, reassuringly British about it all. I feel like if he was in the states, he'd have just been shot to pieces. But you know, they, they <laughs> instead they just got him off a bicycle on a on a canal towpath <laughs> in Northolt and arrested him. Yeah. So, you know, and he said it's a fair cop, Gov. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, but yeah, but it's a pretty ballsy. Uh, thing to do, mm. I don't mean escaping from prison per se, but strapping yourself to the underside of a van to escape, yeah. that, I wouldn't do that, yeah. you know it's, that um, sounds quite scary yeah. yeah, so you know uh, I think I, th I think there's something inside everyone who really who respects a good escape attempt and um, yeah. and I th yeah, I think what we want to talk about is not actually escape yeah. attempts, but it's how you disappear once you've once you've got out. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're just just I mean, there there were lots and lots and lots of false reports. So I did read an article uh, <laughs> while this was all going on. There, there were thousands and thousands of calls to the police, and I've actually a few uh, false detainments as well of uh, people, and all over the country. You know, as far as, as far as north as sort of. Shetland and places people wow. getting picked up. Yeah. <laughs> you have a job getting there in yeah. <laughs> three days. Yeah, mm -hmm. but so yeah. It, oh, so it really does fire people's imaginations, and clearly oh, yeah, this yeah. is part of the um, issue of catching people is trying to, um, if you're the authorities, is dealing with the amount of information that's flowing in. It sounds probably like. also you naturally kind of overestimate someone's ability to evade. Like it's, I think we'll probably go into it, but it's much harder to like pull something like that off than maybe people just expect like mm. you can't just flee the country so easily it's mm. you know like you're, you're actually quite limited probably in what you can do without, yeah. without going yeah. undetected it's tougher than it looks yeah yeah so what, what we want to talk about is how, how how to do what daniel Calif wanted to do which is disappear right he wants to go mm. off radar he wants to sort of completely disappear and so i think what we want to talk about is how one can do that not as a guide but as a sort of well, as a what, I don't know, but yeah, well, like, yeah I mean, there, like, there are some good reasons for disappearing as well, which we might cover. Yeah, but just yeah, exploring yeah. how difficult it is, I think, is interesting. Yeah, yeah mm. exactly. Because um, I mean, I, and a, a parallel is all the people who go missing um, because they've had a head injury, or they just decide that they've had enough of their life and they want to disappear. There's still quite a lot of those, um, mm. aren't there? So it's a sort of, it's like yeah. some of those are probably. Yeah, similar to a Daniel Calif in the sense that they are, they're motivated to disappear. Um, but there's a lot of missing people. I haven't got the stats here. Maybe yeah. we can look it up. But the, yeah, the stats of missing people is quite astonishing. I mean, you've set the scene there, um, Peter. Uh, what do we want to talk about first? Famous disappearances or what do, we want, what do we want to do? Well, I've got some famous disappearances, which it might be worth just thinking about. Lord Lucan, Reginald Lord, Perrin. Yeah, I mean, there's actually really rather a lot of people who have... Uh, well, sometimes people are famous for disappearing, but, uh, but actually there have been a few cases of people disappearing who, who were famous in the first place. So I'll just uh, name a few. In the last couple of decades, actually most of the people who've kind of gone to ground are terrorists uh, and drug lords and that's that kind of thing, like fug classic fugitives from justice. Uh, Khalid Batafi, Syed Salahuddin, Abu Humam al-Shami and... Samantha Luthwaite. <laughs> <laughs> no, because she's the White Widow. 
She's uh, one of the most wanted terrorist suspects in the world, and she she's uh, she went off to become an Islamist in okay. uh, in East Africa. Okay. So yeah. Anyway, um, so but going back, looking at some of the most the more famous ones, going back in time, uh, Radovan Karadzic, mm. a famous war criminal, mm. evaded justice, evaded international justice for nearly twenty years, I think. Um, he went from being a war criminal to being a very beardy new age sex doctor called uh, Doctor Dragan Dabic, mm. and was finally caught in two thousand and eight. Um, Donald Santini, this is an example of someone who um, didn't disappear but simply was carried on with their life uh, as under a different identity. Donald Santini strangled a woman called Cynthia Wood in 1984. Mm -hmm. And 39 years later, it was discovered that he was working as the president of a San Diego water board, oh. which I thought was interesting. Oh, so, wow. so, I mean, that's like he's, he basically really did pulled off new identity pretty yeah. well. Um, but, yeah, the really big ones, uh, the, the, I think the two which probably are, are of most interest are Lord Lucan, mm -hmm. obviously, who, for people who don't know, um, well, uh, he, his nanny was murdered and he disappeared mm. and has been cited periodically, in theory, uh, allegedly, by lots of people in lots of different mm. places over the last uh, few years. Um and before him, D.B. Cooper, not, you know, he was the guy who um, hijacked, well, hijacked, threatened an air, to blow up an aircraft, which he was on, mm. uh, unless he was given sort of two parachutes and a suitcase full of money. And he then jumped out using one of the parachutes. Oh, really? Okay. And the money was discovered and he was never identified or found. Very interesting case. Okay. Um, and then they got disappearances who probably people who died so people like Amelia Earhart 1937 Jimmy Hoffa probably yeah. the most famous one in the yeah. US and, and um, Australia of course has its Harold own Holt. famous Harold Holt uh, 1968 he was not just anyone but the the Prime Minister oh really went for you a swim you don't know about Harold Holt no this is news mm. to me tell, wait tell all Jordan he went for a swim I think it was in the afternoon sometime and uh, was never seen again okay okay well, a lot of these, and I think we have to go with the Luke and at one a as beach, well. I should say. Yeah, yeah, yeah not yeah. in a pool. <laughs> yes, that would be really weird. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, a lot of the, a lot, quite a few of those, they're, they're probably dead, right? I mean, so I mean, we don't know for sure, but Luke almost certainly dead. Well, um, but I mean, but it, he's, you know, he wasn't dead probably because of his age. You know, it's likely that he died, but it, but he, you know, he, he didn't, he did genuinely disappear. Actually, sorry, Nick, I'm getting confused because um, what, what probably did happen is that he probably did murder the nanny, right? Sorry, that's what, yeah, I'm, that's the bit that oh, that's definitely what happened. Yeah, he was running rather than him actually dying. I think he quite thought quickly. it was his wife or yeah, something. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, so I'm um, getting mixed up. Yeah, but yes, he. So he. Um, you know, so the th the theory is he did disappear, assume another identity, and was never seen again. The, but the best the best um, lead for Lord Lucan was a man called Jungle Barry, who was, okay. who was identified as Lord Lucan about fifteen years ago, and then you know, and that hit the national papers. And then um, someone someone came up and said, uh, "Oh, hang on, I know Jungle Barry. His name's you know R Reggie, and he he was born in Barnsley or whatever." Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Uh, the picture of Jungle Barry, this guy who was living out in Indonesia somewhere, actually did look like it could oh, really? have been a very hairy old Lord Lucan. But unfortunately, nice. it turned out it was verifiably not him. What a shame! But uh, anyway, uh, but, but but I think I think the question we want to ask is: in Lord Lucan's day, mm. you rock up with your suitcase full of cash, you buy an airline ticket. There's no trail you could just fly abroad no one's taking pictures of you there's no cctv there's no mm. debit card more or less you've done it grow a mustache or in his case <laughs> shave it off yeah and uh hey presto 
congratulations, you've disappeared. Not so, not so lucky if you try and do that today. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, right, let's try and drill into this a bit. I mean, so far we've been quite anecdotal. Someone needs to put some iron into our reinforced concrete. Um, Peter, you're the guy for this. Yeah, uh, so I've got a few basic stats. Um, steel, sorry, not iron. Keep going, sorry. Steel, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, I, steel's better. Missing people then. Assuming the missing people are, by and large, probably wanting to be missing. So they're, they're in a similar position to Daniel Kelly. Uh, there's... Um, in the years, uh, in the year 2019-2020, 155,000 people were officially reported missing people. So that is... In the UK? In the UK. Okay. So that's not just calls to the police saying, oh, we have anything, every five minutes saying, I'm worried about him, worried about him. This is actually, this is missing people reports, you know, and therefore wow. investigations. Where the police go, yes, that's a missing person. And the police agree yeah. with wow. you, it's a missing person. And 150 they kick off the thousand. Wow. Yeah, 155,000. Astonishing. Now, what's even more, perhaps, perhaps equally astonishing, four and a half thousand from that period are considered long-term missing in the hmm. sense that they haven't been found. Ah, so the other, so actually, the vast majority of even Most people as get as far as a missing person's case, turn we're up. still talking ninety ninety five plus percent of people yeah. come come have come back. Yeah, but hold on. So is it so the missing person one is? I mean, what's the dividing line? Is it sort of? Um, I mean, when does one turn into the other? Right. So you've been away for three months, and you're I think uh, I, I'm not sure. I haven't looked into the definition, okay. but essentially, I think they are just not. They, that, that case has not been resolved. Yeah, so you know it when you see it. Yeah, okay. They so come back and it turns out they were just down the path. Yeah, yeah. Even <laughs> it, so whether it's, yeah. So anyway, 4,500 people, still quite a lot. Quite a lot. So 4,500 people a year. Say, yeah, say, that's quite a few. It's quite a lot of people just disappearing, right? So where are they all? Well, I don't know. Aliens. Um, Aliens. But the, a few other stats then. So I had some stats from, so that those stats probably were from, oh, I better just give you a citation, didn't I? Put it in the notes, Peter. Put it in the notes, yeah. yeah. Put it in the doodly-doo. Okay. Um, so we've got some more stats um, on a number of escapees from prison. Um, okay. You'd, unsurprisingly, it's been declining more or less year on year for the last uh, 20 years, quite significantly, in fact. Um, 1995 to 1996, we had just shy of uh, 90 people escape. And then um, in the last uh, in the last ten years, it's every year's been less than ten. Oh um, wow, it's not bad, is it? Although that doesn't quite as doesn't quite. Current. But they've well, got they're better. All, sorry, less than twenty. But so they've got, got be a lot better at stopping people. They've got escaping. a lot better at yeah, stopping people sense. escaping. Um, so in in the years um, in the years twelve twenty twelve to twenty twenty two, the last ten years, all all less than twenty escapees. So. Um, and the you know the highest was eighteen, the lowest was uh, five. So pretty small yeah, numbers. Yeah. Do we know how with. many were were subsequently recaptured? Ah, good question. So, um, there's the data I've got here uh, has escapes uh, still at large after thirty days. I don't know what happens to the rest of them, but at, at very most in two thousand and twenty, after thirty days, we still had eight people of the 16 who originally escaped right. at large after 30 days. So that's 50%. 50%. And a lot of those might be actually quite low-risk people, for all we know. Yeah, and, well, yeah. And a, bit of a bit of anecdotal data I was reading about um, this prison escapes and things, and 
by and large, if 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 you if the, the 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 expert was saying, well, if, if people stop looking for you, they stop finding you. Right. It's really, usually people are found if they want to. Right. If they want to right. 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 Um, uh, so um, yeah. So they, so it's it's that's kind of one of the worst years. The best years, um, most people are captured. Uh, there's very few, with year, more than more than sort of two or three, being left at large. Uh, after mm. 30 days so pe right. people are captured pretty quickly okay but it's interesting in the the dichotomy then between um prison escapees um it's getting less and less and less and if you want to find them usually you can um versus people just poof disappearing mm. still four and a half thousand that's quite a few i think um and they stay out they stay missing mm. um okay so that's the data what do we want to do with that um jordan yeah i, I think it's interesting to look at um, why it's hard to do. Um, this is disappearing rather disappearing. than disappearing. Disappearing, sorry, yeah, rather than, yeah. Um, oh, so well, where's Peter gone? <laughs> <laughs> he was there a moment ago. Sorry. Um, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> Jordan. So, yeah, so historically, um, state surveillance has always caused concern. There, there was an, a scandal in the 1840s in Britain, the Penny Post scandal, uh, where the Home Office was caught opening letters Mm. Um, that they'd even intercepted at the request of a um, of the Italian government, or Austrian government, I think, mm. for an Italian Republican that was sending correspondence, and that caused this panic about uh, the government um, essentially spying on on individuals mm. that were of interest. Um, but obviously, since since then, the landscape has shifted and technologies have improved. So, um, obviously, a big one was nine eleven. Um, and after that, a lot of countries um, uh, granted broader legal authorities for mass surveillance programs, um, collecting phone records, emails, under the national security um, justification. Mm. And then obviously in 2013, there was the Snowden revelations, which caused a lot of concern about mass surveillance of civilians as well. Um, so I think you have... It, it's become a, a big, the landscape's shifted, but then also technology um, has improved. Mm. Um, you have obviously advanced biometrics, um, you have DNA profiling, cryptocurrency tracking, um, tech platforms collect user data, um, consumer, phone, uh, consumer devices like phones and smart TVs track user behavior. Um, it's very difficult there's CCTV, facial recognition, facial software. recognition software. Yeah. Um, CCTV cameras in many cities. Um, DNA databases for for criminals. Mm. It's it's very difficult to exist without some kind of trace mm. um, in the modern yeah. world. Um, and I think so. That that that. I've got yeah. a got a quick stat. Cameras in London. I've came across various estimates that seem to range between nearly a million. Uh, These owned by. A well, yeah. So authorities. the best ones I could find were um, 130,000 cameras owned by authorities, wow. like local government, government, mm. um, police, etc. That one, one in a one per hundred people. One per hundred people, mm. and then the higher estimates, 900,000, uh, are it, that includes privately owned ones, so people's houses, Which on where they can access shops. if they want, the powers of the state, exercising well, the powers of the state. Well, not as easily as you might really? think. Really? Um, yeah. I mean, what we're saying is you can't really go uh, down the road 
yes, without exactly. appearing on a camera somewhere. Yeah, which be, which makes me inclined to think that uh, that Daniel's three day uh, uh, three three day va- vacation was quite quite an achievement. It is really. actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It feel, feels like to me. I mean, I'm sure there's you know obviously there's cameras not just in London, but. Um, and I feel we're edging towards, well, how do you do this then? Um, get get out of London feels like the first thing, or don't start in London. Um, mm. But but look, let's well, I, yes, I yeah, go th- on. When I was thinking about this, yeah. okay, so getting out of London does seem like intuitively the right thing to do because there are fewer cameras. But? But assuming that they have an inkling of where you might have gone, and they probably will do because, you know, there's only so many train stations, there's only so far you can get. Um, there's only so much they, they'll have a fairly good idea of what your um, your means are mm-hmm. um, whether or not you have accomplices who can help you out or whether you're acting alone how much money you've got all those kinds of things so, so they, they can model you to work out how far you can get and where you get gonna, like where you could go so they'll but assume they can they, they have an idea they can, they can narrow the search to say they think oh you've probably gone up to Peterborough because you've got a friend there mm. You suddenly got fewer people to sift through mm. than you do in London. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, they uh, the, 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 when they when they conducting manhunts, you know, they 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 deploy uh, ground-based officers, dogs, etc., search dogs. But also they've got what the what the UK military would call I I Star. They've got helicopters with thermal cameras on there. So as soon as you're like fewer people you there's lo- fewer heat blobs to look at which yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of struck me is it so you'd be you're kind of easier to find i think yeah when you're there's fewer people around well i think because there's the physical side but then there's also i think there's the digital footprints that you yeah. leave as well there's like the you know like you you need to buy things you need to communicate with people um you you know like it's it's i think it's very difficult to practice good kind of cyber hygiene whilst you're also trying to evade the authorities you know so i think the you have to yeah i guess i'm just saying that there's you're kind of fighting on two fronts you're trying to like evade physical yep. um capture but then also stay kind of anonymous digitally as well yep because there's people looking for you in that realm as well yeah I, I think we need to draw three separate cases because the strategy you need to use is going to be very different depending on what you want to do right Sorry, Nick, before you go yeah. ahead, look, let, so we're into this. Yeah. We're, we're asking now, right, we want to disappear. How do we do it, yeah. Nick? So um, worst case, you're being hunted by the authorities, mm. Daniel Khalif type situation. And, and why that's the worst case is because they can use things like the Regulation of Investiga- Investigatory Powers Act to get hold of things like bank records and phone records and, you know, images on films. So, so you you really got that's the hardest case there is so perhaps we should use that as our kind of you know base case and and then then work you know work out how to make that easier if, if you're not being hunted by them if you're being hunted by someone else you don't want to be fat so this might be you know if you're in an abusive relationship or something and you're trying to uh disappear from them but you think they're going to come on your tail substantially easier not easy but substantially easier because then they're not going to have access to all of those cool things they're not just going to be able to subpoena your phone records etc um then the uh, probably the easiest uh, case is you just want to disappear right so you 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 just want a new life and and so then the danger is not necessarily that someone's going to come and come after you but that you might accidentally be found right so um and i think the the key difference in terms of the overall strategy there is if you're being hunted 
the key aim is uh, to be unpredictable, as Peter was saying. As soon as there's predictability, then you're in trouble. So the sort of overarching strategy needs to be guided by doing things that not just that people won't expect, but almost which are random. You need to, you need to, okay, where am I going to go? Roll a die go there kind of thing um whereas if you're trying to disappear it's really just about distance you're trying to put distance whether that's virtual or, or real between you and someone who might find you um so that's 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 the sort of overarching strategy there but i think in terms of if if you know like what we're trying to do is almost the reverse of authenticating someone you know if you're trying to positively identify someone the, the classic sort of triad of things you use are something you have, something you are, and something you know, right? So you could almost reverse that and say, okay, so what we've got to do is get rid of things that I have that are to do with my former life. That is, you know, phones, right? passports. Th then also things that you are. That's the hardest thing, you know. Mm. Very difficult to change the way you look. Not impossible, but... But, you know, hard. Um, and then uh, the, the thing you can't, you're not going to be able to ditch is something you know. And that's, that's uh, an, interesting, an interesting one. Whether uh, there are... Talk to me more about that bit. What do you mean? Well, if you, know, if, you know, if you happen to know things, that would give you a way as, uh, or happen to have skills or, you know, uh, there is, those are the things that are going to be hardest to shake off. Yeah, you know, like the kind of you can imagine a, a denouement in a in a film where someone gives the game away by, you know, in in um, in the Great Escape when they're when they're queuing up to get on the bus and the guard says uh, in English good, good luck and they say oh, oh thank, thank you, you very much, much. and uh, you know because they because they outed as being English speakers yeah. but you can imagine sort of someone uh, oh you you seem to be very good with you know chopping that carrot turns out that they're a you know a, a former chef or so you see what I mean like so I'm just saying that if you think about those things yeah, you've got to yeah, shed yeah, getting yeah. rid of stuff you have you know easy getting rid of things you are harder getting rid of things you know impossible right so anyway there we are that's that's my i'm setting the scene really with that that's how we should think about the the sort of levels of strategy here so very hardest case we gotta we gotta escape from the authorities how do we okay. do it okay so look this nicely leads us on i think we've more or less rounded off actually but it's just such an obvious question that we need to explore right which is if we're happy to sort of bring this to a conclusion more or less which is this which is we need to make this more or less practical not quite mm. practical but here we are four of us okay um for for whatever reasons that we, that we won't go into that we we need to escape we need to disappear and and it's going to be that worst case scenario it's the government the oh, authorities are guys. after us yeah. You know? yeah um like the a team yeah yeah, yeah exactly well except we're not a team um, we're individuals, okay? Oh, and what okay. I want to discuss, if you think this is a good yeah, question... I'm going to get a shot at you guys as quickly as I can. Yeah, yeah, no, we, yeah, right. I quite, well, the feeling's mutual. Um, I want us to talk about... By the way, Peter is like the Mr. T of the whole setup. Yeah, I mean, I mean the B.A. Baruckas. Yeah, he kind of is, actually. Yeah. He is, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. I think Jordan is face... Uh, I'm obviously Hannibal, which makes you howling mad Murdoch. I think it works rather well. <laughs> I'm happy with that. Yeah. I'm happy with that. Well, I was going to say, how do we fare almost in a competition on our own? How do we think Peter does on his own? How long will he last? How long will he? Yeah, which, which one? I, yeah, I prefer that, actually. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'll just kick off, which is to say, my thing is go remote, all right? Um, and it is tricky because you need to live. You need to sort of get by in life, you know. But basically, you just have to turn into a kind of caveman. 
Um, and you have to go more or less fearful because yeah. most of the ways that you're going to get caught out tend to be technological. This is the kind of Ted Kaczynski strategy. Oh, is this what he? Oh, yeah, he yeah, did. He went going off, yeah, to yeah. live in a shed in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, and that's what you kind of have. I that would be my tactic: just get a, as far away from people and cameras and tech as possible. You have to live like a wild person. Mm. There are downsides, which is it's a pretty miserable <laughs> you existence. You have to live like a wild person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sounds like it's idyllic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, but also, um, you know, there are still people in wild places um and they will get recognized yeah, but, but i think oh, i generally speaking you know that yeah. is my yeah. approach the just stay is, away from actually, everyone actually as as you were just about to sort of allude to mm. um you are actually in some senses conspicuous you you rely on yeah. being actually physically not found but if someone says, why is there a guy living in the shed in the middle of that <laughs> yeah. wood? Then well, in, that stands that out a lot more than just being a, yeah, yeah, just, just yeah. being some guy in a flat. Yeah, absolutely. In, so these are the things that yeah. need to be teased out a bit. Woolworth. And I think this sort of changing physical appearance and stuff like that sort of definitely blends into mm. that. And But also, you know, there is definitely a bit where you have to go full on feral. But then that let it ease off and you start to sort of become, you can't be completely invisible. And you mm. do need to sort of interact with people somehow. But at a later date kind of thing. But um, yeah. When it's That's cooled how down, when the, pre yeah. When the, yeah. Yeah. When the heat's off. Yeah. yeah. Now, um, I mean, in terms of how we would all fare and stuff, I mean, it was, I mean, so that's when your we, strategy. But yeah. What, uh, yeah, exactly. Jordan, so, Jordan, what's your methodology? It's almost the opposite. I okay. Th I think I'd go more with like the blend in with the crowd kind of idea. I think I, think I would probably try and um, because I think. As we were sort of saying with that living in the shed thing, it's like it's it's so radically different from your current life that I feel like it stands out too much. It's too obvious. But mm. almost if you do something like kind of adjacent to your existing life so that you can you can live that new existence very honestly and faithfully, uh, it might kind of... And, th and then if you do all the technology stuff, like you're very mm. careful with your communications, you kind of assume a new identity and that sort of thing. But I think you want to you be able to... You want to be able to live. You want to be able to disappear convincingly, and I think the only way to do that is to kind of have a, have your new existence closely resemble your old. Yeah, one. that's what the undercover police yeah. say, isn't it? Like the best lies are the ones which have a bodyguard of truth. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Actually, yeah. yeah. And then, if, and then if you are kind of yeah, if you are, yeah, someone suspicious, you know, um, is suspicious of you or something, you, you've got kind of things that you can convincingly yeah, say. Yeah, there's nothing too anomalous about you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I feel like I would try and develop that persona a bit more um you know yeah maybe steal someone i know's identity maybe maybe yeah. um and laying groundwork i think is important but yeah. anyway um one of you two well yeah speaking of groundwork you know so the first thing i would do would be to get a taxi and leave my phone in it and let it drive around for forever good then i'd pull out my burner activate the crypto wallet right. into which i've been <laughs> siphoning funds for the last 20 years yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm, a, I'm gold, and I can go anywhere. You know, got my got my spare fake passport. Can you buy a right? But that I think you've skipped over how you got that. But, um, but well, yeah. I've, I've prepared. You see, I've, I've got all of these things ready. Yeah, to yeah, game. yeah. Um, I, I like the thought that's already but... obviously gone into this. Oh yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sort of a fantasy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, uh, but yeah, it, paying for buying and just dealing with money is really difficult. So beyond mm. the CCTV. Um, uh, how do you buy stuff these days? You use a credit card or you use a debit card. Um, you don't. You, nobody gets. Nobody has cash. And even if you got cash, how did you get it? Where did you? Where did it came out? Yeah, you can't wall, just withdraw all the cash you're ever going to need yeah. for the rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I've I've looked into this a bit because so I was thinking. Okay, what can we? 
um, if you look for advice online, it is geared much, very much around the kind of actually erasing your old life and creating a new one. Um, I don't think we need to be erasing our old life. No, let, we just let, need let's to talk just about it in, in I don't need to. I I want to hear. Okay, well, yeah. I mean, look, so I um, I must admit I'm I'm going to struggle. I'm not, mm. I don't rate my chances of doing this because I'm not, there's just things that I'm going to want to do. Um, but I like go on board games. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I, I just, I, I'd have to sacrifice too much. I'm too comfortable where I am. You mm. know? That's um, how they get you. That's how the state ex- gets exactly. you. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think P- the things that Peter said, like the sort of burner phone and stuff, but I was trying to work out, okay, how can I get, I need to get, you obviously can just go and buy a phone. That's fine. Um, but the challenge is the actually the money. I think this is the hardest bit to deal with. So what we need is uh, to we need to have prepped this by secretly changing our name by deed poll, and then getting. Is this me your, and you doing this together? Because you keep looking at me and saying we. You're on your you, own. Then you then you need to get a birth certificate, a new birth certificate, and your new name, right? Which you can do once you've got that. It's quite straightforward, actually, <laughs> to get hold of a disabled person's blue badge. What? <laughs> what? Ah, because with a disabled person's blue badge, you can start a bank account. So it's a very circuitous route. But I'm just saying it's it's better to do it that way. Like I try to find the easiest thing you could get hold of, which would get you a bank account in, in an assumed name. So that's my proposed way of doing that. Hey, Presto, you've now got a bank account in your new name. There's no connection with your old bank account. I think you're set up then, particularly if you've got a kind of crypto wallet or something, you then just stick all the funds into your mm. bank account. I think you're good to go. I mean, once you have got the new mm. the new birth now the problem so the problem is, you know, there is no way to completely sever the connection. That, that's the problem. Yeah. Like even under you struggles this to method. get all of that done in a day. Yeah, but, all, but also, <laughs> I mean, you get, someone goes, "Oh, why has this person changed their name on their birth certificate?" And hey, Presto, they've they've got you there. So, yeah. so without relying on actual forgeries, I, I think it's very difficult to do this sort of completely legally. I think you, in, if you do it legally, there is going to be a process that will track you. But but if so, is mm. we're going to have to do what Peter does and uh, and get a forged document somewhere down the line once you've got a forged document in someone else's name you're actually pretty good like the document will do a lot of work for you but the it's not like they go back and check necessarily so yeah we need to wrap this up actually we've been going on for a long time however before we do i need to we need to talk about who's going to be more successful Mm. or not because and i'm just so i i'm going to sort of say my thoughts i'm going to be the most successful right how surprising that you have that view um you're going to be the least successful i I agree with okay um and somewhere in the middle of these two guys Mm. um the reason i'm going to be the most successful is because you've done it before (laughs) Yeah, because here I am, and still no one knows about my previous life. Um, yeah, no, is is uh, I just, my strategy is the best. That's why the remoteness. Um, but also something that's key is I'm a people guy. You know this, Nick. So bit living people, in a shed in the middle people. of nowhere is perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You won't be remotely won't be tempted pl- to go to the nearby <laughs> pub and start showing off about how you've escaped from your former life. Uh, is the the crucial at some point, even with remote life, you're gonna need help from people. Yeah. And like I, I don't know what it is, but people just like me. 
right? Right. And, I don't know. So, I think, you, so I, you keep I think saying. You, I think you need sociopathic <laughs> tendencies to really pull this off. So I think um, Chris Ragg would be the winner if he were here. Well, well he's not here. Um, just that he wouldn't care about losing all contact with anyone. No, he wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. He'd be quite happy. And so Nick would be the, the worst because, uh, yeah, and he demonstrated it in the way he was talking about it. He's, he's Nick's too theoretical. He's too conceptual. And mm. I think you, you just wouldn't be sort of practical enough somehow. Or, or a bit like that time when, you know, we talked about adventure, how you're not very good at it. That's um, what you said, yes. Yeah, exactly. It is what I said. Because you'd just be sitting around planning about planning it and not actually do it, you know. Yeah. I think these two would be quite good. I think Peter might fall down on the sort of bit too much of a misanthrope. And, you know, you, again, you need people sometimes. But I admire how well thought out it is. And I think, you know, a, a worthy silver to my to my God. Well, and, can I... Yeah. Perhaps I, I presume we all agree with what I said. Instead of doing a said. question, I, I've got a, just I just I want to wrap. I've got a thing. Oh, to that wrap was up the question. With. But go on. Yeah. No, I, I don't. I think we've probably covered our escape yeah, attempts, yeah. and I think you're probably not far off. Um, John Darwin, who he, you know him better as Canoe Man. Ah, oh, yes. Yeah. Got so he, this was a gentleman who who faked his death in 2002 by going off canoeing and never being seen again. Yeah. Well, it, he was seen again, and mm. let me tell you what happened. His, so this is his plan, his devilishly simple plan. He moved, his hiding place was the bedsit next door to his house where he <laughs> lived, um, where he moved back the, the next year. Um, one of his neighbours said to him, aren't you supposed to be dead? And he said, don't tell anyone about this. <laughs> uh, that's how good his plan was, right? Right. Right. Five years it took for him to be rumbled. And even wow. then, he was the, the way he was rumbled was absolutely brilliant, which was that um, he needed to identify, the, the, in order to, the rules in Panama, where they had this property, had changed. He, need to, he needed to provide identification. He realized this wasn't going to be possible, and they didn't want to lose his place in uh, Panama. So he went to a police station and claimed to have had amnesia. Um, there, uh, the daily. This was quite a story. Man with amnesia reappears after five years after going missing. Daily Mirror published the photo uh, of of them, and um, uh, because, which had been discovered when a member of the public simply searched for John, Anne, and Panama in Google Images, and up it up it popped, <laughs> that, and, and it proved that in fact he hadn't had amnesia for five years because he had been in Panama with his wife. Yeah, remember who she was. Yeah, so um, that's, I mean, so what I'm saying is, utterly incompetent attempt to disappear, still got away with it for five years yeah, and would have, would have gotten away really with looking. it too if it hadn't been for the pesky Panamanians. What was he, what, so what was the... Life insurance. They, life insurance, yeah. right. Yeah. Okay. So actually you'll be fine, Nick. I think so. Yeah. Turns out it's easier than you might think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Lots of food for thought there. Yeah. All right. Um, I hope I hope our um, our listeners found that useful. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll stop there. Thanks as always for listening to the Cognitive Engineering podcast. I am Fraser McGrew. We've been here with Nick Hare, Peter Coghill, and Jordan Fermanis of Aleph. Until next time, goodbye. <laughs>